Welcome back to The Backmarkers, the F1 podcast for new fans by new fans. I'm Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Austin Evans. Hi, Austin. Hello. My hair might try to escape my head right now, but Uh the cars didn't escape the track for our viewing pleasure. I probably should have thought that one through, but you know, it's one of those sentences where you start talking and you don't know Uh what you're about to say. Yeah. Well, some of them escaped the track. Some of them, unfortunately, some of them... More than uh, more than a handful actually did escape the track. Yeah. Uh, good race though. Thrilling, genuinely. Like I was thrilled by that race. I thought it was fantastic, especially the last 10, 15 laps. My heart was pounding, and we'll get to why in a little bit. But like I, I, I loved it. That was a fantastic race. Absolutely, this was, this was great. So to kick it off real quick, so we've got ourselves a familiar looking P1, especially lately. We've got Max coming in, although even though he did win the race, Carlos was right behind. And like you said, it was very close, really throughout a good chunk of the race. There was a lot of stuff that kind of went on, but especially that last, yeah, 15 or so laps, it was really tight. And your boy Lewis got himself a podium, which I don't remember. This is his second podium of the year. No, first, I think second? it's the first, his first podium of is the year. Is it really his first? I, this is his best performance Ooh. this year. I believe, now I'm going on memory here, I believe this is the first race where he has outperformed George. Which is great because George did come P4, but uh, a good race from Mercedes team, especially after Baku last week, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about. Yep. But going down the rest of the order, we've got Leclerc coming all the way from 19th to 5th, which is impressive. We've got Alcon at P6, Alonso P7, which... Normally sounds pretty good, but maybe not quite so much for this race. Then we've yeah. got Bottas at 8th, Zhao at 9, and Stroll grounding out at P10. So yeah. definitely a unique uh, lineup. Not a, a bunch of people not in the points like the McLarens and whatnot. But also, we've got a lot of representation from Alpha. We've got both Alpines in. We really got... The, actually, it's really the only... Actually, yeah, Stroll was the only uh, racing point, but I know Seb was up there for a little bit, but yeah. Racing point. Yeah. Whoa, you just went straight back point? there. Yeah, oh you said God. racing point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me rephrase. Sorry, uh, Aston Martin. Uh, I'm sorry, I just... I got the pink cars on the brain. I got a little mixed up. Buddy, sometimes. that's hilarious. But that's not... The pink car is Alpine now. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's so a, many different eras there that led you to say racing point, which is uh, hilarious. Oh, man. But yeah, a good race, though. Yeah. For my first time seeing a Canadian Grand Prix. It's a good track. I mean, I definitely it's a great enjoyed... Very unique. Yeah, I enjoyed qualifying a lot. I think it was really cool. But seeing the race, it didn't disappoint, right? I mean, to be fair, I think all of the DNFs were all just mechanical. There was nothing that was really super exciting as far as you know, some massive uh, unknown, crash. or Unknown about Yuki right now. Yuki just came out of the pit straight into the barrier. It's, it's oh. unsure at the moment, right, if it was either... Uh, something was wrong with the car or he just overcooked it. At, at least they weren't sure during the race. I mean, I'm sure this is something we'll find out. He yeah. will talk about it. Maybe you'll be talking about it during the post-race. So I'm sure that the wonderful people in the paddock that we have watching live of us, as we always do, uh, can maybe let us know if Yuki talks about why uh, he lost the car but just came straight out of the pit, straight into the barrier, which 
pretty unfortunate there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But especially after seeing qualifying yesterday, uh, yep. for context, a very, very wet qualifying, which is always an exciting one. And if you've never watched a race at Montreal before, there's the Wall of Champions, which uh, is something that the commentators love to reference. But uh, it stayed pretty clean today. People no were one hit that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people were mostly keeping it on the on the paved bits, mostly. Yeah, it, I think aside from Yuki, everyone that DNF'd had some kind of issue, so they just came off the track, right? So DNFs included uh, Sergio Perez, which mm. was very early into the race, seven laps into the race. Uh, yeah. Mick Schumacher um, at 18 and Yuki Tsunoda at 47 um, into the race. But I think there were like four safety cars, four or five safety cars. It felt like maybe maybe three or four. Um, yeah, it was it was an exciting race uh, today. Yeah, absolutely. I'll say without doubt. But Do you mentioned want... Baku. I was real about quick. to say, really, yeah. uh, after last week, where um, there were some things going on conspiring against us recording. Mm. I think it's worth kind of catching up really quickly on what happened last week because last week was, I almost want to say either a good race or an absolutely horrible race and i lean toward a horrible race because um it wasn't very competitive uh let's shall we say and i yeah may or may not have started to fall asleep toward the end of it <laughs> this is the first race i've ever watched just highlights yeah uh, i didn't catch it because not only was it four o'clock in the morning uh i was stuck in california with covid and i wasn't gonna wake up for it yep that's like a whole other story i've said this story about a million times on other shows now i do not want to go over it again um you can go and find any of my other podcasts in the last three weeks and you'll hear me talk about this story um but i so i just watched i watched the highlights yesterday actually i just my wife was like you should watch this before you start recording so we did um, and so we watched it just before qualifying yesterday. Nice, uh, nice. And the highlights, I mean, it's, it made it look relatively interesting. Obviously, the most interesting part was all the Ferrari failures. Yeah. Right? Like that was the most interesting part. Yeah. It was one of those things where I'll admit that uh, being up at 4 a.m., I was a little sleepy. So yeah. once both Ferraris were out and the race calmed down a little bit, uh, I, I may have fallen asleep and woken up and seen that the podium ceremony is going. I was like, oh, oops. Uh, I'm sure I didn't miss anything super exciting, right? Max won by yeah. three hours, and uh, it was a great race. But, man, uh, it's starting to look like Red Bull are going to run away with this thing. Like, I, I, It's hard to imagine that not being the case now, especially considering that we were, what, two months ago talking about how Ferrari and Charles were way, way in the lead. But now, I mean, it's not even close. Um, I think it is clear, as I've said previously, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so smart. Like, I think Max is going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. I am not convinced necessarily that Red Bull are going to run away with it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough at this I point because we're making it, good right? progress through the yeah. season. Like, but, so like, you know, now they're at 304 to Ferrari's 228 to Mercedes 188 in the points and the constructors. It will be hard for anyone to catch up with Red Bull as a team, but I'm not going to say it's impossible. We're not even halfway through yet. Um, and, and I'll say purely for reliability's sake. Um, but again, Ferrari is closest and they're even less reliable than Red Bull right now. So yeah. it's hard to tell. But I, my feeling is, seems very clear to me uh, that Max is going to win this. I don't know if I would necessarily count Red Bull as a, as a clear runaway for the constructor. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting to think about because 
we've seen such big swings. And, you know, the thing that's starting to kind of land with me, literally as we're, as we're speaking here, is you think about all the, the mechanical failures. And, of course, this is the first year of the new regulations. These cars are brand new, short of mm-hmm. the engines, and even some of the engines have been pretty heavily modified for 2022. There's a lot going on. And yet, it's interesting that for all the problems the Mercedes have had, DNFs actually haven't really been one of them. They've had pace issues. They've had beating Sir Lewis Hamilton to death by pogo stick issues. But they haven't actually had like a lot of huge, smoky catastrophes. Case in point. Well, they haven't had any. They finished, both of them have finished every single race, which is. They may be the only team <laughs> to have done that. Oh, Jen, man. I don't know, I think right? you might like, be right I, about that one, yeah. <laughs> I would love to know the answer to that, but I feel pretty confident in saying Mercedes may be the only team that's gotten both drivers home every weekend so far. But that's the situation they're in, which is why they are 188. Um, they are 40 points behind Ferrari right now. Crazy. Crazy. Now, again, when you look at the fact that they... When you just look at where the drivers themselves are, right, that makes it ver- a very, very different story. Um, I mean, at the moment, you've got Max is a, is at the top, obviously, then Sergio, then Charles, who's now three points behind Sergio because Sergio didn't bring it home today. Uh, and then George Russell is down at 111, ahead, of, ahead still uh, of Carlos. Even with Carlos's uh, good points today, he still couldn't pull ahead of George. Yeah, and George has been Mr. Consistency. I think he's finally earned the task. That's the I mean, name. He has been... I, I still think he has not broken his streak of top five This is top five right? every race. Every yeah. single race, which Again, is... Again, the only driver to do that, too. Yeah, so impressive. So impressive. Yeah. Uh, and did, I, I was worried about him today, I'll be honest, because what did he qualify eighth? Like, and that was... I see what they did. It was like a yeah. smart move in qualifying. Yeah. In case you missed it, in the final kind of minutes of qualifying, it was a complete. It was a wet track, but it was starting to dry out. George decided, let's just put on some slicks and just go for it. Some regular tires, some non-wet tires, because when it's wet, they have more grip. And he's just like, no, don't we put some regular tires on? Because if he was right, he, he was saying before the race in the pre-race interview, he was like, if it was anything like Sochi. I might be able to pull this in again, you know, and he's done it a couple of times last year, especially where he was pulling out these incredible qualifyings, taking these bold risks and getting him, you know, that's how he got that second place, right? In that completely wet race in Spa. So I think he was just wanting to give it a go. It didn't work out for him and he ended up qualifying eighth, but I don't think it affected his race at all today. Yeah, no, no. I think he took a risk in hindsight probably a little bit too big of a risk but you're right he was able to fight through a little bit of luck with some of the timings of like safety cars and whatnot but generally speaking george continues to be i think not only mr consistency but also just an incredibly impressive he's doing such a good job with a car that obviously it's not fair to compare george and lewis head-to-head since it seems like almost every race this season they've had small to medium differences in the cars and the setups and trying this part and that part and everything. But that being said, George has just been there day in, day out, absolutely earning his his space on that Mercedes team to the point where I'm sure if you're Toto, you're like, man, uh, George, I'm sorry I didn't put you in last year where you could have maybe won like a championship or something. Hopefully we'll get this kind of caught up a little bit in a little bit because it's, it's, it's really impressive what George has been able to do. On that note, Pavel in the chat, the live chat, we record this live, by the way, as soon as we can after every race at backmarkers.live. You can come and check out the live video that we do. We also leave the video up afterwards. Uh, Pavel asks, does anyone think Mercedes will get it together by the end of the season? I do. 
Look, I don't think we're going to start to see them winning, but I think we could start to see them getting more and more convincing podiums because look at the progression so far. Like today, there was no, nothing, nothing wild needed to happen for them to get where they are. Like there was, they had one DNF in Perez. Like, yes, like obviously Leclerc started far back again, but mm -hmm. that's all through work that Mercedes are doing around keeping consistency. But I think today they put in a very convincing uh, race and I, and as they were saying at certain points, Lewis was on the pace yeah, as, as, as the guys at the front. So I think that they are not at race winning speeds yet by the end of the season, maybe. It's interesting to say, I mean, obviously they've dug themselves a hole, but on the flip side, they, I think, have been, generally speaking, quite lucky so far this year, right? I mean, obviously, George has had his great string of consistency, and a lot of that has been on him. Although, I will say that there have definitely been a fair bit of a luck involved in a lot of those finishes where, you know, he was the right place at the right time, or he avoided this, or, you know, whatever the case is. So, circumstances have definitely been kind to Mercedes yeah, this but year. It's This is that thing about consistency, though, right? Like... You, to be at the right place at the right time, you still have to put yourself there. Absolutely, absolutely. You need to take advantage of what good fortune might be able to come your way. So mm -hmm. uh, they've been doing good. I, I, I think where they're at right now, I think P3 seems very safe for them. I would be very surprised if Mercedes beat Ferrari for P2. That seems like a I don't a think stretch. that's going to happen. It no. does, but uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Wilder things have happened. I mean, like, yeah. so, you know, what What I'm saying is, oh, Mercedes might pull it together. I think it could still happen. I, I'd said, like, I don't think that they're going to be one-twoing at the end of the season, <laughs> but they're going to be in a better position than they are now. Right. We've seen things happen before. Ferrari could drop back. Like, they, I mean, Red they Bull could drop, anything could happen. <laughs> well, exactly. Because we have to keep in mind that sort of really it was last week that almost every Ferrari, I think one of the six Ferrari-powered cars last week actually made it to the finish line. Like almost everyone was having issues. Most of them were engine-related or hydraulics or uh, engine-related. And so this time out, you can imagine, since it's only been a week, they're having to turn the engines down a little bit. They don't want to stress things out since it's hard to make, you know, even figure out what went wrong in a week, much less try to make a fix for it. And there was one Ferrari engine failure, which was Mick Schumacher. Uh, I don't know if we know exactly what happened there. Um, it seemed like his car just kind of quit, which is typically engine related, but also sometimes I feel like the idea of an engine failure is a little bit nebulous when there are so many engine-related things. <laughs> transmission? I don't remember if that was for Mick or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure we'll find out after, you know, maybe in, in the next few hours or something. Um, and just shout out to Meg. That sucks for his race. But Oh, yeah. I mean, he was probably going to get his first points today. Yeah, yeah. Has had such a good qualifying. And just to see them not really be able to capitalize on that is really unfortunate. But if you're Ferrari, you've got to be deeply concerned right now because you're not spending all your time and really importantly your money on developing the car to be faster you're developing the car to not explode right and that's yes. not a great place to be when red bull max is just destroying everyone in his sight and even though they obviously had some teething issues in earlier in the season they seem like they've generally speaking been better that being said checo did have that you know pretty early issue today so obviously that's not everything is completely fine yep. and, and everything but it's certainly looking a lot safer to be Red Bull for hurry right now by a long, long way. 
Sherlock Holmes in the chat, obviously, with the information because Master Detective says it was a gearbox transmission uh, for Jacko. Um, mm. So that might have been who I was remembering. Uh, so I don't know what it was for uh, for Mick. It's totally fair. I mean, uh, again, I always take what they say is the issue with the car with a grain of salt because they're going to tell you what sounds convenient. But that's sure, point. we'll go with it. We'll go with it. It's not a, a no, Red that's Bull fair. That's, that's a really fair unit. point. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, like it's also Christian Horner coming on the radio immediately. What was the problem with the car? Like, Transition. Uh, whatever, thing, you will, whatever we want to say. Checo hit the paddle too hard. Uh, it's okay. We'll yeah. fix it next week. Yeah. So it's like I find that to be a, a funny thing. I, I want to just <laughs> shout out Jogan Yu in at nine yes. today. No, he Great did a for him. very, very impressive job. And in fact, both yep. the Alphas had a lot of speed this, this time. I mean, yep. Bottas at eight ahead of him. Exactly, exactly. It's one of those things where it's nice to see that they've had a lot of potential throughout the the last, you know, really pretty much since this year has begun. But they haven't really been able to take advantage of it with both cars. There's usually been a problem here, a problem there, whatever. But to see Valtteri consistently doing well and Joe actually doing a really solid job of out-qualifying him a couple of times, performing well, like it's been nice to see. I'm sure that whole team has to be very happy with where they are right now. Well, honestly, one of my favorite things of this race this week was Lance Stroll at 10. I'm just happy, I'm just happy for him, right? Yeah. Like in a Canadian Grand Prix. Like, I, I, seriously, like, I'm just pleased that he had a good result today. And he had a good race, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was holding a lot of people up and he was doing a good job of it. Like, I think Leclerc got pretty sick of seeing him <laughs> at one point. <laughs> it was, you know, I, I, I was happy for him. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't like Lance Stroll. I do, and I don't know why. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's my guilty pleasure, you know? I just. <laughs> I kind of like the guy. I can't explain it. Um, so, but I, you know, I liked. I like to see a racer in their home race do a good job because you know it means more to them than pretty much any other, right? So, oh, it's just a good feeling. Absolutely. All right, you got your timing clock out. I'm ready to go. Ready for a pit stop. We need to to refuel. Yep. Oh wait, no, you can't refuel anymore. We need a fresh set of tires. You and- can refuel. Okay, we're, we're going to refuel starting in three, oh, yeah. two, <laughs> one, and go. This episode of The Back Markers is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Families come in all shapes and sizes, and the variety isn't always reflected in the big wireless company's family plans. That's why Mint Mobile decided to shake up the wireless industry with their brand new modern family plan. Each line starts at just 15 bucks a month, and you only need two to get started. No matter how big or small your family is, you deserve to save on your wireless. For people who don't like getting their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers their premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one person or for a family. And as you know, with Mint, those families start at two lines, which is awesome. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, Mint Mobile's modern family plan will let you mix and match the data plans so everyone gets the amount of data that's right for them. I think this is awesome because it will enable you to have that plan and if some, one person's on Wi-Fi all the time, one person's out traveling all the time, it will let you balance out that data. And plus, as Austin's mentioned a bunch of times, it's so easy to get up and running with Mint Mobile. You just pop the SIM in, get things registered, and you're ready to go. There's no big long queues on the phone or anything like that. 
Use your own phone with any mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Contacts. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, including the Modern Family plan, go to mintmobile.com slash backmarkers. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E.com slash backmarkers. Go there now and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. One last time, mintmobile.com slash backmarkers. Thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of backmarkers and all of Relay FM. Time. Okay. Do you think that was faster or slower than last week or last time? Slower. That felt slower. It was close. A minute 42.84. Okay. That was pretty good. Okay, now in, my, in, in my defense, yeah. there, was a, there were different sponsors. Different sponsors that want different right? things. You know, sometimes you got to come in for hard. Sometimes you got to come in for a wing adjustment. You never know. Yeah, there was, there was definitely a couple of wing adjustments needed during that one. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I said contacts. Context. <laughs> Keep all of your existing context with Mint Mobile. So that's good. All right. So that time is recorded. I think right. Mint Mobile are back in a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see if I can beat that speed. Well, we just have to have a chat with them. Like, we got to get a little higher on the leaderboards here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just cut out every third word. <laughs> Mint Mobile. Good. Thanks for watching. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Won't get paid for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your backmarker of the race? And again, oh, this is, we have to be, there was yes. no backmarkers because of the late safety car, but uh, in the kind of, we'll go in the back half, say, who was your favorite of the week? To me, it was Mick. And almost entirely because he deserves those points. I mean, with that qualifying, he had everything kind of lined up. It just, it sucks to have that happen in a race that he was doing so well. And it's just like, he's got to get those points. And today just seemed like the perfect kind of opportunity. I was looking through the the list here. No one else really jumped out to me hugely. Although I know Seb had a, a good race. Okay, fair, fair. Seb did Seb have had a good, a good race. race. I, just to me, I just wanted to see Mick finally actually score some points. Is yep. I guess that is that your your pick, or do you have someone else? Seb. Yeah, I mean, originally I had Lance, but then Lance ended up finishing pretty well, so I, I don't feel like I can, in all good consciousness, call him my backmarker of the race. So I, I would go for Seb. I think Seb had a, had a strong race this week. I've also, I don't know what it is in the last couple of weeks, just in like videos I've seen and stuff. I'm getting a real soft spot for Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, I just like watched a couple of videos, like a couple of interviews he did and stuff, and it's like, yeah, I love that guy. And plus, I've been seeing some stuff I didn't know about a. I don't remember when this was, but not too long ago, the Canadian Grand Prix where he was penalized. If you've been seeing this online, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a few 20, years ago. 19? 2018, Maybe, 2018, 2019, yeah. where he had a, a five-second penalty mm-hmm. in the Canadian Grand Prix, which even though he ended up crossing the line first, went to second and Lewis beat him and, and Seb was really mad and oh, he picked yeah. up the marker and put yep. it in front of his car to say he was for yeah it's just stuff like that and then I was uh, uh, again I don't know also but like seeing about um, something he did against was his teammate Mark Webber at Red Bull uh, I think this was back think, years yeah, yeah. ago yeah 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 when and there was, was like he was told to stay under team orders during a race I don't know if this was also Canada but I don't know why I, I saw this multi 21 Yes. Oh, that was Singapore. 20 yeah, the race is. 10? I don't. Yeah. Why? Do you know why it's called Multi Twenty One? Yeah. Was that just the name s- of the race? No, no, no. It was a whole long story. Multi Twenty One was in 
Please, in the comments, correct me if I get any of the details here wrong. Multi-21 was Red Bull code for hold position. And so uh, Mark okay. Weber was in the lead and Seb was in second. And yep. Seb uh, passed him anyway. And there's a famous moment in the cool-down room where Mark is like, Multi-21, Seb. Multi-21. And Seb's just like... Because <laughs> I was watching an interview. I think it was with WTF. Was it WTF1? Oh, I saw that as well. Yep. And Seb, and he asked him, would you do it any different? And Seb said... No. And that was when I then went and found a video on F1's uh, website about what Multi-21 was. I'll mm. find that video and put it in the show notes. It's just one of those things. It's like we, I don't very frequently find these little bits of F1 history, but this one just ended up coming uh, along my path. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> so if uh, those are our favorite backmarkers of the race, Mike, who's your favorite underperformer of the race? I was looking through here. I was thinking a lot about it before we recorded, and it's it's a. I want to say it's a tough call, but I don't think it's gonna be a very tough call. It's, it's a sad call. Uh, for me, it's Lando. Mm-hmm. I yep. don't know what's going on with Lando Norris. I mean, I kind of do. He had some engine problems all weekend. Mm-hmm. That's not good, man. He's no. had a ba- he had a bad race. He had a terrible pit stop. Yeah. Um, it all ended up just going anything that could go wrong. Philando uh, went wrong mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a real shame. Uh, I'll say it, a real, real shame because I, I don't think he deserves to be in the position that he was in this weekend. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know how different it would have ended up being. Daniel yeah. Ricciardo didn't do great either. So. I was about to say, my back marker of the race, um, or sorry, my underperformer of the race is just McLaren overall, right? Um, yeah, uh, Danny Rick did a pretty decent job in qualifying. Wasn't really there in the race. Lando was hard to tell because, like you said, he was nursing. I heard something about maybe it was like a misfire or something, but he was nursing some engine issues. Seemed like pretty much all weekend. Plus that pit stop where they didn't know what tires to put on. And, I mean, it's easy for me to sit back on yeah, my couch and be like, rough. ha, ha, ha. But uh, usually I think you put the same tires on all four wheels. That's probably yep. a good idea. So uh, just messy. And especially with a weekend like this that was so heavily dominated by strategy, whether it was in qualifying, whether it was in the race, strategy played a key, key role. McLaren were nowhere on that front. So I'm sure there's going to be a rough debrief tomorrow morning on like what happened here. I think they were saying during um, qualifying, I'm not sure if this is correct or not, that this is a track that McLaren would have expected not to perform very well in mm, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but not this bad, right? Yeah, I, I mean, to see uh, neither McLaren in the points is not something that uh, is a normal occurrence. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone has a bad week or whatever, but it to me seems like it was more so McLaren, the team, and the cars that underperformed. I think Danny, yep. Rick, and Lando just did – Okay, but it's kind of hard to judge when nothing was really going their way. Yeah, it was rough for them. It didn't didn't look great. Yeah. Mike. Mm. I think I already know the answer to this. What was your favorite thing about the race? Because you definitely immediately spoiled this right before we went live. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, another 3-4 finish for Mercedes is awesome for me. Uh, but the thing that I actually enjoyed specifically the most was during the final safety car, they were playing this string of um, radio messages, mm-hmm. like back one after the other. And they, when they were talking to Lewis, 
he kind of seemed like he couldn't believe that he had the pace. They had to keep <laughs> telling him, like, no, you don't need new tires. Like, you have the pace. And it's like, I don't know about this. Is this right? And it's like, Lewis, you've got the pace. It was just very funny to me that he couldn't fathom that he would be able to keep up with the, the other two. I mean, in the end, I don't know, like, how close he could have gotten. I don't know if he ended up easing off a little bit or whatever, but I think with... Um, Verstappen, uh, Verstappen and uh, uh, Carlos being in such attack mode, it just ended up pulling a couple of seconds difference between them. On that note, that Red Bull is so fast. like it's so fast. I can't believe that he is able to hold off the multiple DRS attacks that he yeah. was able to hold off because it's not like that Ferrari is a slow car. Like, yep. I could not believe he just couldn't, just couldn't get to him. Mm-hmm. Just could not get to him. I don't know if another driver could have done it. Like, I don't know. It, like, would Leclerc have been able to have done it? I don't know. I mean, we've seen it happen this yeah. season, yeah. but I don't know if it could have happened today. It's wild to see Red Bull as fast as it is. It, it, I kind of can't believe it when you see it. Yeah, there's a few things. Like that. There's a few things going for them. I think. First and foremost, to me, it is. I feel like Max has achieved his final form. Like, I mean, I think especially after last year, yeah. where he's a worthy uh, champion now. I'll tell I, you he that. he like, is. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like he was genetically grown in a lab to be the perfect racing driver. Like, I mean, he's just on top of every aspect of yep. his racecraft. On top of that, uh, there are a lot of talks right now about the FIA trying to clamp down on the cars bottoming out and bouncing quite so much. It's, it's becoming a real safety hazard now. And just you know, yeah, that you seems so see. nebulous to it me. Is. Like what, what they have announced so far, it's this is the porpoising we've been talking about, right? That they yeah. want to try and stop it from happening for good reason because Lewis has been going for a real tough time, and I think mm-hmm. they know like we can't allow the drivers to be going through this. Yeah. But they're kind of just like we're going to limit you. I was like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? So they have, it seems a bit up in the air right now. But. but if you're talking about Red Bull looking fast now, Red Bull is one of the cars that porpoises the least or yeah. bounces the least compared to like the Ferraris or the Mercedes where you see the mm-hmm. heads just blinding. I'm so happy that they've integrated the helmet cams this year because it's one thing to see on like the onboard, you know, the driver's head bouncing. It's a completely different t- thing to see what's like inside the helmet of picking your braking points of just making corners, just being able to judge distances as literally your head's doing this. It's, it's insane yeah. to me. So I'm happy that they're trying to make some change. It seems pretty clear this is not something that can go on, but it does seem like any changes that are made are more than likely going to help Red Bull since they're having yeah. fewer and fewer of these things. Like if they just, if the FAI just said, hey, everyone has to just raise the ride heights or something, I think that would hurt a lot of people. But if they're just going to go after specific teams who are bouncing too hard, I would be very surprised if that catches Red Bull where it's probably going to slow down Ferrari. It's probably going to slow down Mercedes, which is just I mean, going to leave Max just down just he's just gonna be gone i know that this is probably going to be a pretty uh unpopular thing i'm going to say but and, and it isn't basically i think that, that because this was a regulation change that did this i think they should change the regulation and make everyone raise the cause like i everyone should just raise the cause <sighs> until like, they can tweak it like if, everyone should do it if you can design a car that is low and also isn't bouncing isn't that the point like it just because some yeah, people okay. figured it out and some others me out of it yeah, I just uh, to me it's like Red Bull designed clearly a very very competent, well designed car, right? I mean, they it's for me in this situation, these kinds of situations, though, it's the drivers I feel sorry for because course, they don't. It's not up. This isn't up to them. But now, like, if they do, if they end up doing this, right? Leclerc, 
uh, both McLarens, both Ferraris, both Mercedes, uh, both Aston Martins. I think they're four of the teams that struggle with it the most. All of those drivers are going to be put in slower cars because of a regulation change, whether or not they want it, mm -hmm. right? It seems like Lewis is the only driver who's been pretty vocal about it. I think he's had the worst of it. But like now, but again, because this is so up in the air right now, they haven't actually said what is the limit that they're willing to go for. Anyway, yeah, so. yeah. It was, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ultimately doesn't change things a huge amount. I just don't think at this point that any of these changes are going to help anyone besides Red Bull. I think even mm -hmm. a minor sort of compromise on other cars is going to help the Red Bull just be that far ahead unless the FAA wants to put a little bit of a, a finger on the scale and try to slow Red Bull down, but I don't think we're there yet. I, I just, all signs are looking good for Max. All signs are good, looking good for Red Bull. Uh, it's, I, I, it's too early to call things, but it is looking incredibly strong to be a back-to-back -back champion this year. I, I would be very surprised if that's not oh. the case. I would be incredibly surprised if Max isn't the world champion this year. And as I've said before, I kind of want him to be because I want him to have that definitive victory, which I think at the moment he is taking. Like Yes, yes. So as you say about like being that born racing driver, like right now he's just like, he seems unstoppable. Like he just like, you can't come near him. You just, mm -hmm. nobody can. And I yeah. think that was shown today. There, You know, on paper... Science is designed to overtake him. Mm -hmm. He's within a second with DRS every lap for 10 laps. Verstappen should not have been able to hold him off. Yeah, Verstappen could have then gotten it back, but it shouldn't have been holding him at arm's length constantly for like... You know, it's kind of what they were saying on the on the commentary. It's just like, just under, in circumstances like this, nobody can outbreak Max. Mm -hmm. I think he's just got more guts than anyone else. Yeah, well, and so he'll just go deeper. And he's got the cleverness to deploy his battery and to be fast at the parts of the track that matter yeah. and to conserve and to charge things up at the points in which he knows he's not going to be. Like He's got a real mastery of exactly knowing where the car behind is, where he's faster, where you're faster, and sorting out, okay, he's going to try to pass me on the straight. I need to make sure that I get this far ahead here or wh whatever the case is. But he's doing such a good job of defending and just sort of thinking about it as like a 4D chess game. Uh, scary guy to, to race against. I'll tell you that. I mean, that's, that's, yep. yeah, he is on top of things. Man, I'll tell you, it excited me so much to see him and Lewis next to each other again, though, when, <laughs> when they came out of the pits. And Lewis, I, I mean, I gotta say, I loved it when Lewis just like, nah, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And like, and he knows, he knows he's not gonna hold him back. But just in that one moment, he's like, no, I'm going first. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. That's All like, right. So our yeah. next race is Silverstone. We're coming yeah, back to the wow. British Grand Prix. I, I wasn't able to get tickets, Austin. We've decided we're going to make a much more concerted effort next year. Okay, um, sounds like a good move. Yeah, it, it just ended up being that like all that was left is these multi-thousand pound packages. <laughs> I want to get a weekend pass. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna, we're gonna. I don't know how I missed them this year, honestly. As I said, I put my name in on the mm -hmm. ticket page. No one ever told me. So we're gonna make sure we get it next time. But I'm looking forward to it. Like it was, uh, Silverstone was fantastic last year. I'm very excited to see how the race goes. Yeah. So it is two weeks from now, right? Two I weeks. Feel like I should yep. know this. Two weeks. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the Lenovo British Grand Prix, July 3rd. The Lenovo British Grand Prix. Right. That, that sounds very strange. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Why did Lenovo pick Silverstone? Was there, were there no British sponsors? Like, uh, what, what a strange... 
pairing. Like usually, also that just sounds weird. And what's Lenovo doing anyway? Sponsoring. Look, man, your guess is as good as mine. But we will catch you in two weeks for a very exciting conclusion to... Actually, no, not conclusion, because there's a few more. Never mind. Not even close to a conclusion. I was about to say the the summer break, but the summer break is after Silverstone. This was announced in March. Lenovo becomes a Formula One partner, like a big, big partner. Oh, and you know what? They also are sponsoring uh, the French Grand Prix, which is also the Lenovo Grand Prix. Interesting. Yeah, that's very strange. That's very strange. It just sounds odd, right? Because yeah. usually, like, like the the race sponsor is like we know them, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Rolex, DHL, Pirelli. Like, just yeah. to hear a new one come out of nowhere, it's very strange to I mean, me. This was the AWS race, which uh, hey, sure. But AWS have been around for ages in in F one, though, right? Sure, too. yeah. Because uh, like, they, they sponsor with the graphics and apparently give all the data, which I don't know how exactly. Like, but anyway, <laughs> like powered by AW, like everything is. Like it's not just this data, but yeah, it's funny. All right, I look forward to the Lenovo Grand Prix. The, the see who can boot up the Core Two Duo fastest. Wow. <laughs> uh, you can hang out with us as we record live go to backmarkers.live and you'll go to our youtube channel we're here after basically every race uh i, I can't say every race now because we missed one so that's yeah that's ba- yeah basically every race you can get the audio at backmarkers.fm if you want to just catch the audio version of the show and we are at backmarkers live on twitter so until next time austin say goodbye goodbye my friends and until we meet again at our favorite lenovo sponsored venue 